And you're very welcome back to the show where we're turning our attentions to parenthood in focus with Petrina O'Halloran. Petrina is, of course, the founder of Mama's Booby Box, the mum blogger and writer for the online magazine Boobingit.com. And this week, Petrina's going to talk to us about baby proofing. Good morning to you. Morning, Alan. How are you? I'm very well. This is one that I suspect uh, every parent is going to really be tuned in for because baby proofing is so, so important. There's so many... Uh, areas, worrying areas in a home that mm. uh, babies, you know, can wander into. You need to baby-proof them where possible. Um, maybe take us through some of the ones first that are, you know, the standard parts of a, a yeah. house that you could baby-proof and we'll get to some of the more difficult ones then maybe. Yeah. Um, the standard, obviously, Alan, is the stair gate if you're in a two-storey <laughs> house to get the stair gate up straight away. And both sides of the, the stairs as well, you know, because even once your baby starts crawling, they'll find it very easy to get up those steps. So you have to kind of Make sure to be thinking about baby proofing even before they're getting to the next milestone, if you know what I mean. So if they're looking like they're starting to crawl, get the stair gate up. It's just the safest thing um, because you know yourself, back's turned and next thing they're on top of the stairs has happened to me so many times. And even at the top of the stairs then, depending on your landing is, because sometimes it can be quite dangerous and you just remember your child could fall back a little bit and if the gate's not there to block them, they could fall down a few steps. So just that's very um, important to, to get the baby gates up straight away. And then other things to watch for is like sharp edges around the house like if you have a nice coffee table but the edges are really sharp especially if it's glass just think about things like that Um, yeah we had a glass one we don't have it anymore because they used to climb up on top of it (laughs) climb up on top of it oh god it's asking for trouble (laughs) asking for trouble Um, so little things like that you can get lovely little squidgy things to go around the corners and actually stick into the table Um, things like that if you have a fireplace and there's any kind of marble or mantelpiece or grate around it you know that that's going to have very sharp edging as well so think about getting even a protector around the fireplace. I mean, you should have one anyway if you're putting on a fire on a regular basis, but just to have that whole area cordoned off so if they fall over, if they tumble or they trip, they're not landing their head back on that marble, um, you know, coal stove front or if it's stone or whatever it is that, that's hard around the fireplace, just to, like, have the whole area cordoned off, basically. Yeah. So they can't I, get I, I couldn't stress that enough. We uh, have a, a, a fire stove at home and, uh, as you say, it's a stone hearth and uh, you have the fire guard around it and make sure not just that it's a fire guard but that it's actually connected to the wall so that it's not jostling around or that it would move should one of the children fall over. Yeah, yeah, you can get great ones now. The clip to the wall, um, my mother-in-law has one. It's brilliant for the kids and they can't get anywhere near the fire. So uh, yeah, that's brilliant. So that's really important. And then another one, if your child is starting to walk and can get, get through doors and stuff, if you're, this is, <laughs> I find out only myself, is if you're living in a house in a state and you have a front door and that front door leads out into like a quite a busy road, if mm. you are living in a busy estate, make sure the door is locked. I know it's a very simple thing, but once they can get standing and reach up to the door, <laughs> if they open it, they're out that door and before you know it so like we used to always have our our front door locked so it's just so important and a few times she did escape um, and get out and I caught her just before she got on the road but they've no sense of that age so just to be very sorry, I'm not laughing when you're giving me these examples <laughs> I think and it's not good that uh, your these happened to you and yeah. that your heart was put in your mouth but it's good for our listeners to hear that you know, some of them might be going ah, these, that'll never happen yeah it, you, it does don't put a child to the test yeah because they will they'll yeah. find a way yeah and I was even just saying before we come on here like my little 
girl is really extraordinary tall for her age but she's very strong as well so even we had all the cabinets in in the kitchen uh, baby proofed and locks on them so you need a little magnet to open them but she just kept at it kept pulling at it and next thing she got it open and then she went like behind the door of it then and just kept at it and she actually pulled off the cover of it so we could no longer no longer actually lock it so if, it, if you've an extraordinary you've got your, hand, you've got your hands full there you? <laughs> I know yeah. second baby Alice second baby this is all about and the other thing just with, with having your, your cabinets in your kitchen locked off just remember of any chemicals or anything like that they should be stored away like even if you have the cabinet lock I would say store them up high so things like dishwasher powder you know all the detergents yeah. all of those things because it's so easy for kids to get their hands on those and you know yourself they just want to mess and play they don't understand danger so you have to remember that as well they don't understand danger it's your job to protect them from it so all of those up and high shelves where they can't get access to them and they don't even know that they're there yeah we have those cabinet locks as well they're great and uh, yeah because of what's in especially under the sink and that kind of thing mm. I have them up high uh, if possible but yeah get the, get those um, well, what other kind of baby proofing uh, would you recommend Petrina? Um, just I would say think about going around your home and every home is going to be different Alan and what suits you even depends on the kind of flooring you've done where they're going to be trip hazards once mm. they start walking around because I think even get on your hands and knees if you have to so if your baby's crawling around go down your hands and knees with them and see what are they going to see and potentially put in their mouth because a lot of loose stuff could be hanging around the floor that you're not aware of currently if your baby's just sitting up now and not moving you can have as many things as you want around the floor and they're not going to find them but once they get on the move that's when you realise how much stuff you've actually like left on the ground even things like a brush and a dustpan they'll go pulling at that and putting the dust of the dustpan into oh, their mouth stop. and just remember babies just put anything into their mouths Alan they don't discern from food what's food or not food they don't care yeah. anything goes into the mouth I know it's disgusting but even having like if you have turf or coal or anything like that you know left out loose they're going to try and put it in their mouths like so it's all the simple stuff but get down your hands and knees with them <laughs> and you see what they're up to and the corners they're going into and you'll find the hazards for your home and uh, what's your home another important one is windows because we were in a house once where um, there was no safety catch on the window and it was upstairs so basically you could open out the window it went out as far as you wanted and easily if that was a child they could fall out the window and like yeah. once Isabel opened that and like I caught her doing it I was there with her and we had to just ban her from our bedroom then because it was just too dangerous if we weren't looking and there was no way to lock it there was no safety catch on it so even think about how do your windows open out are you upstairs is there a chance the child is going to be able to climb out and get out a window so you know yeah. you know it, it depends on each home each setup whether you have a two story whether you're bungalow you're going to have different issues going on so think about that as well the windows are very important to see can they escape are they at a risk of falling out a window you know if you have a balcony or anything like that or even decking outside especially in weather like this and if it's slippy and if your child's mm, going out in the decking are they going to be slipping on the decking so all those kind of slip hazards as well so if you've mats just inside the door are they going to be slipping and falling mats if it's wet are they taking their shoes off when they come in so you know they're not slipping and tripping so small slips and trips like God, that as well. I, I a to, lot to think it, about yeah I was just going to say it's not about unduly scaring the <laughs> no, listeners and no, parents no. out there but the more areas of a house you describe Petrina <laughs> uh, the more I realise uh, the, the potential dangers that are there and like you know I'm sure that you're a very diligent parent as we are and you're, you're keeping your yeah. eye on them as often as possible mm. but it is impossible to do that all the time mm, because mm. you have to, you know, make dinner or do whatever else. Yeah, and yeah. it just, all it takes is 
taking it's her attention won't. off I know, for a couple of seconds. I know, even for things like left out in the counter that kind of, you get complacent about, like, you know, if you're preparing dinner and you're chopping up veg and you leave the knife there, like, Ashling would just, she's just unbelievable. She'll watch for everything. So I just got into a habit when I was finished with something, you know, if I didn't want to put it away, I would just put it in the sink and she couldn't get it in the sink. Yeah. So like, even not to be leaving things like that out in counters where they can just reach up and grab it and do what they want with it. Like, just be careful with what you're doing, I would say, <laughs> especially second babies seem to be, <laughs> seem to be the hellraisers. <laughs> so watch out for that. They watch their older siblings and uh, see yeah. where they went wrong, right? I'll be able to achieve it. Um, have we have we covered every potential dangerous element of a house? Or please don't tell me there's loads more. <laughs> I don't I don't think there is, to be fair. Um, one thing as, as your kids got older, actually, uh, that I started talking to Isabel about is just potential fire hazards and like what to do if she smells smoke or, you know, she thought there was a fire in the house or like what was the best thing to do. And I think it's no harm having, you know, training your kids in that and letting them know what to do if they saw a fire, if they smelled smoke or if they mm. saw a danger. Like, because even like our, our pan went up on fire one day, you know, it just a flame rose, something sparked and a flame rose and it went out again just as quickly. Yeah. But even that, like, you know, they're not frightened into just stiffening up and standing there and not you know, going Letting into action. Or, yeah. yeah, you know, that they know what to do, that they know to get to safety if they see something like that happening, that they know where to go with that safe, basically. Like, so just little things like that. I know it's, it might sound silly, but even like a little fire drill in your home when your kids are older, just so because most fires will happen when you're asleep at night. Like, so just yeah. to know what to do um, in that instance, if that makes sense. No, no, very, very true. Um, uh, one here that's been mentioned um, by a listener, and I think this is one that is topical because of a recent news story a listener saying on 086 it's the most dangerous is button batteries well I think we yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we yeah. know I think we were aware of the dangers that they can cause um, any anything else in relation uh, the, to uh, baby proofing that you would suggest is is good for uh, for a home just think about as well the older if you have older kids and then you have a small baby what kind of older toys the older kids have and the potential dangers there like like the batteries and stuff but think about um, what you know your baby could get hold of that might not be a suitable toy for your child whether that has sharp edges or you know there's something in it they shouldn't be seeing or even flashing images or you know I don't know whatever toys older kids might have that might might be a danger to the baby think about that small little things Alan marbles you know, things like that that they can put in their mouth quite easily. Is it me or are children's toys getting smaller and smaller? Yeah. Our, our oldest loves the uh, LOL uh, yeah. dolls and yes. all the little... The bits to it. Oh, the bits are... Yeah. Mi- they're microscopic. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. They're no, all definitely. over the place. Like, because it's three years between my kids, so Isabel would have had loads of those little things, like, you know, like little civilian families, those little parts of furniture. Yeah, there, There's all well, yeah. small little things with those. So we literally boxed those away for a year because Ashling was just taking everything she saw and, and putting them into her mouth or even, you know, this as well. Isabel had a habit of bringing home stones from the beach and the stones would be everywhere. But Ashley would just take the stone, put it into her mouth and then she'd have it. She wouldn't open her mouth so you couldn't see what it is. So be very wary for that. And a great thing for all parents, um, especially when you have like smaller babies and if you're going through weaning and your kids are eating, you're afraid of choking or anything like that, do a baby first aid course. Like is the best tool that you could have to enable you to deal with any hazards that might have. Because, you know, it might not just be choking. It might be something else, you know, that your baby picks up if they go near chemicals or anything like that. Like, do you know what to do when those things happen? I like, suspect a lot of parents wouldn't. I'm even thinking, I, I don't think I would. Yeah, so yeah. like just be kind of cautious of that. But like a baby first aid course, like get yourself a Empowered, you know, if your baby's about to start weaning, a great time to sign up to a baby first aid course. Um, you know, it's just 
knowledge is power, Ellen. And if you know what to do, you can remedy any little accident that your kids get into. But just remember, once they do start crawling and walking, you're going to be doing a lot of running. <laughs> That's very, very true. I, I tell you, this this is why it's great that you cover this slot, because I don't think there's a better prepared parent in uh, the Banner County than yourself for any it's, eventuality. It's, it's probably because I have, I have two kids who keep me on my toes constantly. <laughs> Putting you through your paces, that's for sure. Uh, look, great advice there in terms of baby proofing. Um, in terms of other uh, issues, though, you're going to be doing a rather interesting retreat, I believe. Yes. Um, so I've signed up with Limestone Yoga. Um, Clet Nagel in Kerfin is putting on a pregnancy retreat. Um, so if you want more information, it's limestoneyoga.ie or you can call Clet and book in with her. So it's basically myself and Emma Callahan and Clet. And so Clet's going to do a bit of yoga. Emma is going to cover just preparing for birth and birth plans, managing your pain during labour. And then I'm going to talk about breastfeeding, preparing for breastfeeding, if that's what you choose to do, mm-hmm. how you prepare for it, how you get ready for it, how you breastfeed at home and just all the problems that you might encounter, the supports that are available in the community if you are breastfeeding and just highlight a range of those. That's happening next Thursday from 6pm to 9pm. It's out in Clit's new studio in Corrafin. It's called okay. limestoneyoga.ie. There's three spaces currently left um, so you can book directly with Clit. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Get them get them while they're still going and uh, uh, there are a lot more children who are going to be safer uh, around <laughs> County Clare uh, as a result of that advice this morning. Patrina, thank you very much. Thanks, Alan. Uh, Patrina O'Halloran there with us for the Parenthood and Focus slot. If you ever have any questions for Patrina, do send them into us on 086 1800 964.